Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Praise God. Good to see everybody in the house. So good news for today is Jesus is alive. You do not serve a dead God. You can look at other religions and different things and say, man, where is their founder? Where is the author and finisher of their faith? Well, they were, they were dead, done, been buried, and they're decomposing in the grave, not your Savior. Scripture says he is the author and finisher of our faith, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Praise God. Well, today I want to continue the series, The Value of One. Someone say, The Value of One. There's lots of power in one. Let's, I want to read a reference that I um, mentioned to you last week. We read through it. Let's go to Matthew 18, 12. Let's see what God would say to us today in his word. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Will he just ignore them, let him go? No, no way. Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go out to what? Go out to search for the one that is lost? Oh, Yes. And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, this is Jesus speaking, it is not my heavenly Father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. So some of, some of you ever heard the doctrine of God chooses some to go to heaven, others he doesn't choose to go to heaven? That's hard to reconcile with that, isn't it? Because it's not his will that any should perish. Scripture explains Scripture. It's not his will that any should perish. God's will for you is that you understand how valued you are and that you value others. Powerful, powerful. So today, I want to start with something that is very dear to my heart. It's something that I live every day. I've lived it for a long time. And uh, I, I went to high school here in Hobbs many moons ago. I love it when we have new visitors and they're a young couple and I go, how old are you? Dang, I'm old enough to be your dad. That's amazing. But I graduated from high school here in 1994. And um, I remember, I don't think you could consider me popular in high school. I was well known. I was well liked. I wasn't the coolest dresser. Um, I got fashion tips from my family. I had, I had dry hair when the wet look was in. I just, I just... I feathered it, I parted it in the middle, so maybe it's good that I lost it, I don't know. I promised before I started losing my hair, I'd change my hairstyle a little bit, but I mean, I've just never been that stylish. But I knew a lot of people, and I remember, even in high school, it always, and I know I'm an extrovert, I'm a people person, but it always touched my heart to know somebody and to also be known. I'd walk through the halls, I didn't have to say hi to everybody, but there were those, hey, what's up, Matt? I'd say, hey, what's up? I liked people, and I liked meeting people, and they were always valuable to me, even the ones that were irritating. So today, my first point, I begin with this, and I believe this is the calling of God on your life, is really see people. I always find it strange, and I know there may be drugs involved, but I always find it strange when people don't remember me from school. <laughs> I'm like... I remember you. I can tell you what year we went to school together, what classes, and everybody has different memory sets. I know that, but someone told me years ago, I'm all, why don't they remember me? And someone told me, it's drugs. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know what happened there, right? So 
I usually remember people. I'm sure I don't remember all of them, but I always really saw people. I love learning names. I don't remember everybody's names. Some, some names are more challenging than others. Sometimes I just don't. But I, I've been there, and so have you, where I've gone unnoticed. Have you ever? You were unnoticed or you felt forgotten. Like, you ever had someone come and introduce themselves to you about four or five times? You're like, I've met you before. Hey, it's a, hey, good to see you, man. Good to finally meet you. You're like, we met. And that's not a bad thing. Some people don't remember, but I, I feel we are called as believers. Someone say, as believers. Uh-huh. I believe you're called to really see people. People matter. I notice people. One of my things, and I'm not a flatterer, one of my things is I... I notice people so well that I notice shoes. We've talked about that before, right? Folks that are raised poor, they like shoes, right? I notice people's shoes. I notice hair. Ha, ha, right? But I notice things. I notice things because people matter, and I really see them, and I've practiced it for years, and I believe we're called, regardless, of, regardless really, you say, man, well, I'm an introvert. You can still notice people. You don't have to be the life of the party. I feel like introverts are brilliant at one-on-one -on -one communication, right? Y'all relate. Y'all feel me. Some of you are like, I get lost in a crowd, but I can talk to one-on-one. -on -one. Then that is a gift from God because you are called to place value in one. Someone say the value of one. You're called to notice somebody. You're called to love somebody. Uh, you can notice them. You can, hey, try to understand them. You're not going to understand everybody. But I guarantee you right now, when you try to understand and understand a little bit more about them, it's easier to love them. Because you know why they, what makes them tick and why they're doing that. You ever dealt with someone and go, why do they do that? That's weird. Well, you don't know their background. Some people have a history of abuse. Some say, man, sexual, verbal, physical emotional and psychological abuse. You don't know where people came from. They say, why do they do that? Well, they have a history. Everybody has a story, don't they? That's why you're so valuable to God. That's why you're valuable to me. That's why you're, you're valuable to each other and others outside of this room and on the live stream. They're valuable to you and God because they have a story. Everybody has a story. It's worth telling. It's worth knowing. Try to understand people, who they are, what they've been through. I just said this, why they act a certain way. Folks need help. And did you know there are some people living horrible lives? Our heart was so touched because somebody I love is in the hospital. I won't go into detail. But, man, it didn't have to be that way. I was talking to someone I love. One of my, I'd call him one of my spiritual sons. He was in my youth group. And he was talking to me about this last night on the phone. It broke both of our hearts. It's somebody we love used to be in my youth group. We grew up around him, much younger than me. But they're in a tough situation right now. But I know this, that God is going to turn it around because there's people around this young man that love him, love God, and they know that he has value. It's going to be something special. Let's go to Luke 7.36. I'm going to read you this whole story just to make one point. And it's some, some amount of verses here, but just hang with me. One of the Pharisees, those were the religious leaders, y'all remember them, right? Asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from that city, you can hazard a guess, she's most likely a prostitute, woman of the streets, when a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, look at what she did. People say, she's causing a scene. Man, she's about to pour her love out on Jesus. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. 
other references say that 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 expensive perfume was worth a year's wages. You imagine if you made thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, how expensive that one bottle was. She knelt behind him at his feet. Why? Because most likely Jesus is in a seated position with his feet behind him to the side, right? So she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet, wow, and putting perfume on them. This story always moves me. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, Poor Simon is forever immortalized as the, immortalized as the, the uh, self-righteous one here. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. Go ahead, rabbi, Simon said. Then Jesus told him this story. A man loaned money to two people. 500, let's do this. Let's say $500 to one or pieces of silver, right? We're going to make it real modern. $500 to one and $50 to the other. So he loaned money, 500 500 of whatever to some person and 50 to another, okay? But neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debt. Someone say amen. Some of us need some debts canceled in this house. We believe him for it. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Think about that logically. Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. See, Jesus is telling a story, but he's piercing right to Simon's heart right here too. He's dealing with Simon. He's dealing with everyone in the room and their strange thoughts. He's dealing with the woman who came in unashamedly to love and lavish her love on Jesus. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, this has blown me away now for over a year. He turned to Simon and said, look at this woman kneeling here. See, Jesus discerned his heart. You think you know her. You think you know what she's about, but I want you to really look at her. I know this moves the heart of God, man. This touches my soul down to its most profound depths. To really look at someone, pay attention to them. Jesus is saying, oh, you're thinking about, he knew his thoughts, remember? He said, oh, you're thinking like you really know her, but why don't you look at her? Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to what? Wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. Jesus is telling this dude, as righteous as you think you are, this lady blows you away. She's a woman of the streets, but she blows you clean out of the water. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and there are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. But a person who is forgiven little shows only little love. Oh, man. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Imagine meeting with Jesus and he tells you that. This was, this was unparalleled. It was unprecedented. It was in a time in history where women were treated lower than, than farm animals. Women were for having kids and being a companion. They weren't even allowed to talk to, to other people in public unless it was a female. They couldn't talk to other males in public. Just the males and their family. But Jesus was always reaching out to women. That's not an accident. Jesus divided history. He 
stepped into history, and now everything before Jesus is what? B.C., right? And everything during Jesus' life and after is A.D., Anno Domini in Latin, meaning the year of our Lord. He divided history, and in dividing history, he forgave sinners, men and women, but this moment in time was for this woman. I believe this message is for us. He said, look, Simon, look at her. Look at her. You sure think you know her. Everybody's been talking around town. I remember years ago people going, telling me, oh, yeah, but they have a past. Who doesn't have a past? Real important now is getting your past forgiven and under the blood, living your present, moving on towards your future. Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. I want to remind you again, people of God, really see people. Really see people. That's my first point today. Number two, let's go to Jude 23. Let's go to Jude 23. I'm going to hit the verse before I even bring up the point. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to steal others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. Say, man, how can I pull people out of the fire? Look at my second point here this morning. Share your faith. Had people over the years say, man, I'm not called to preach. Well, we use that word preach, and it freaks some people out because they go, man, we're going to have to have a mic, and I'm going to have to get up in front of people and do some stuff. And, man, everybody's going to see me up there, man. It's crazy. I, I, that's not what I'm called to do. No, preaching really is just proclaiming God's word. And you can do that, introverts. You can do that, more shy folks. You can do that, folks who are feeling a little awkward, by sharing your faith one-on-one. Sharing your faith is as simple as, man, God changed my life. Say, oh, I'm choked up. I can't tell them anymore. Well, that's a start. God changed my life. You want to really throw people off that haven't been familiar with the word? Say, he saved me. People go, what? Saved you like in a savings account or saved you from what? What did he save you from? From myself and from hell. Share your faith. It's so worth it. Look at Matthew 28, 19. All because there is value in one. All because God has called us to rescue one. Pastor's been talking about that for a few months. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations. What's making a disciple? It's sharing your faith and teaching them the word. Make disciples of all the nations, so go and tell. Are you with me? Go and tell, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a, that is the Great Commission. Someone say the Great Commission. We've been commissioned. We've been commanded by Jesus himself, Jesus himself, to go out. And share our faith. Man, that statement is so simple but powerfully profound, that command. It's my responsibility as a believer. It's your responsibility as a believer, a person of faith, to share your faith. Did you know the best way you can share your faith is by your actions? Treating people with love? I've had both sides of that over the years, okay? Let me get into somebody. Let me read somebody's mail here. I'm not proud of this, but it's part of my testimony. I have been told before... What church do you go to? Numerous times. I was like, how did you know I go to church? Say, ah, something about you. We were on vacation. Some guy walks up to me in Spanish. We're sitting on the beach eating, man. Their music was way too loud, but it was a cool experience. And the guy goes, are you a pastor? I said, yes. How on earth would you know that? He said, something about you, man. He said, I'm a believer too, and you, you stand out. But let me give you the other side of it. I remember when I was about 19, and I don't know all the details of how I was acting. I have a pretty good memory. 
I know I was just walking in some rebellion with God, running from my calling. I never left God, never rejected God out of hand, but I was just in, in a rebellious season. And somebody told me, you're a Christian? Mic drop. Let's just let that settle. You're a Christian? I'd much rather be told, man, I can see the light of God on you. Man, that convicted me so bad. That was a whole sermon to me. If you're, you're a Christian? Wow. Share your faith. The best way you can. St. Francis de Assisi, I believe, is the one who said this. Preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, use words. You preach the gospel by your life. Faith without works is dead, James tells us in the book of James. Faith without works is dead. So, man, you, I'm talking, I'm sharing my faith. Yeah, that's great. You've got to. That's one of my points today. Praise God. For heaven's sake, sh share your faith. <coughs> but never give up on walking the walk. Being a living example, a living testimony. That's the best way to share your faith. Your actions and your words. More important than your words, though, are your actions. Someone say my actions. Someone say actions. And then words. There you go. We're right on the same page. So you got to really see people, number one. Number two, you've got to share your faith. You're called to do that. You're called to share your faith. Say, man, this is an awfully simple message. Uh huh. You'd be surprised how many as believers, man, they're freaked out about this part. Share my faith. How do I? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's get into point three today. This is going to help you. It's not just about you or me. You've been told that before. I don't know if you believed it. Some people I've told that before and they didn't believe me. They still thought everything was about them. Their needs, their needs, their will, their hurt, their rejection. Their, what happened to them? What happened to them? What happened to them? What about everybody else? How many people are on the planet? Does anybody know? I know it's over 7 billion now. What, how many zeros is billion? Is that 12 zeros? How many zeros is that? Maybe nobody knows. It's a mystery, right? Maybe I don't know. Seven billion plus. That's, there's a lot more people on the planet than just me. And, you know, we as believers, we've got to get the revelation of I am loved, man. Praise God, we're worshiping you. Lord God, you'll never, forgive, for, for, you'll never forget me. You'll never leave me. You're always going to forgive me, God. You're with me. And that's powerful. You need that. You need the revelation of I know I'm loved so that I can love other people. But sometimes we as believers, we get caught up in the, man, it's, it's about me. I'm loved. I'm loved. God loves me. Yeah, but God loves everybody, doesn't he? Let's go to John 3, 16. They've been putting up this sign for years at football games. I was a kid. They'd put up John 3, 16. This is how God loved whom? Just Matthew. Just Dwayne. Just John. Just Adrian. Just Lisa. Just Joe. Just Eric. This is how God just loved. No, this, here's what's powerful is, yes, your name is included in that. Ephesians 1 says, after you've accepted Jesus, now you're accepted in the beloved, in his treasured best. But this is how God the, loved the world. Someone say the world. Everybody matters. It's not just about you or me. He gave his one and only son so that whom? Everyone. All the names I just mentioned and every other name in this house, every other name that will be named, Everybody that's on the live stream, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish. They won't die in their sin. But they'll have eternal life. 
life forever. After you've, an old song says, once we've been there 10,000 years, we'll just begun. That's hard to conceive. I can tell you all day, man, I got it, but I don't know if I got it. I don't know if I can wrap my mind around that. This is how God loved the world. Not just one of us, all of us. So all of us as individuals and as a group, the whole world, God loved us all. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him, someone say everyone, everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. The choice is yours and mine, but remember, it's not just about you or me. At some point, when you get a revelation of this, it becomes, I bet, think the best way I can explain this is, a revelation means it's real to you now. Church speak is it's a rhema word. That's a, that's a Greek word, man. It's a rhema to me. It means it's a revelation. How about this other R word? It's real to you. When it becomes real to you, you say, oh, man, I'm going to get over the discomfort, the awkwardness, and I'm going to practice my love. For a while there, that, that was the saying, wasn't it? It was awkward. Remember that word? It was a buzzword about 10 years ago. Everything was awkward. Awkward. Now everything is, sad to say, everything is literally. Y'all, people need to start reading more. We need to use more words. Grow your vocabulary. Okay, come on now, in Jesus' name. Everything's literally now. But remember the whole awkward phase? It's literally awkward. The whole awkward phase. No, practice your love. You know one, one way that you can really learn to practice your love and find the value of one? Leave your safe place and start serving. Say, man, I'm here. I'm comfortable here. But are you? Are you at peace there? Not sharing your faith? What God has given you, you are called to give out. Freely you have received. Now freely give. I'm going to tell you there's nothing like serving. Wow. There's nothing like accepting Jesus. But, man, there is nothing like serving. Today, you're welcome to join us. We need help after the Thanksgiving meal to tear down. You say, man, I'm not even very strong. You could carry one chair, I bet. If you go to the meal, you could carry one chair. You got to start somewhere. And I was, I was talking to a young couple yesterday. I was talking to them about some of this because it's become very, very real to me. But Joel, and I reminded them of this because these, this couple really loves God. But you've heard this before. You maybe even thought it. Say, well, that's not my calling. I'm not called to do that. I've heard people say that. I'm not called to do that. I'm like, well, what are you called to do? Because you won't help. I can't, I can't get no help. Remember that? Right? I'm, I'm quoting someone I'm not really saying for me. But I'm just saying, there was a guy who used to say that at, at Adrian's mom's, uh, but he added a cuss word to it, I think. He was a funny guy. He said, I, well, I, say, why are you messing this up? He said, well, I can't get no help. Well, it's not just about you or me. When you start to serve, you begin to activate something. You something I'm telling you, something comes alive in you. Your eyes brighten when you go, Wow. I'm valuable because I'm needed to help. And others are valuable because they need my help. I'm valuable because I am needed for help. Others are valuable because they need my help. And because they're valuable, we can pour into their lives and love them. I'm telling you, serving, it helps you to see the value of one. Let's go to 2 Peter 3.9. Look at this one. Tell me, tell me this guy 
really had a revelation. You can talk about it all day long. This guy hung out with Jesus. This is the apostle Peter. Look at what he says here. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. Some translations say being slack. He's not being lazy about his promise or, oh, I gave my word. I'm just not going to fulfill it. No, look at this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He's talking to believers here, even. This is for everybody. He does not want anyone to be what? Destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. It can't just be about me. You know, some Christians have that thought. It's like, well, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. I don't know about the rest of y'all, man. (laughs) Every man and woman for themselves. No. No, let me read through that verse one more time. And then we'll, we'll begin to wind down here. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed. Once again, Scripture explains Scripture, but wants everyone to repent. For God so loved the world that it gave his only son, that whoever accepts and believes in him, whoever, everyone who accepts and believes in him, I love this translation. Everyone who accepts and believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Life forever with him. It's not just about you or me anymore, honey child. There's so much more going on in this world. Use the gift that God has given you. Let's go through these briefly. Really see people. Someone say, really see people. Thank you. Number two, someone say, share your faith. How about this? Make it personal. Someone say, share my faith. That's right, that's right. Number three, it's not about you or me. Not just, sorry, let me, like Willy Wonka, the original one? Wait, let's go back. Let's say that again. It's not just about you or me. One more time on the count of three. One, two, three. It's not just about you or me. One more. It's not just about you or me. It's about us, but it's about all of us. God's vision from the start was that he have a world full of his kids. He wanted sons and daughters. He wanted a big family. Say, oh, no, God needs us. No, you know even more profound than God needs us because that's, that's not true, really. In my mind, God wanted us. He always existed anyway. But, man, can you imagine the power of saying, I don't need, I don't need my creation My creation needs me, and I want them. Man, to be chosen is like nothing else, and you have been chosen for greatness. You are valuable, and so are the people around you. The value of one, all of us. Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes today. And starting to recognize and realize and understand how valuable you are to God. I know there are some in this house who have never made peace with God. Or maybe you need to find your way back to God today. This is the ideal time. This, you say, man, is it my time? Well, either way, it's your moment. If you say, man, if I died, I don't know where I would go. I don't think I'm right with God. I don't feel peace with God. I don't feel I'm on good terms with him. And let me just tell you right now, that whole me and God have an understanding, people make that up. We have an understanding. I can live how I want, but we have an understanding. No, that's not how God rolls. That's not Bible. The understanding from God is he created a covenant. You can either be part of it or not. 
God is calling you to be right with him by the blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior, the Redeemer, the champion of the universe. If there's anyone in this house who says, Pastor Matt, I don't know where I'd go if I died. I want to be right with God. Would you raise your hand today? I'm going to pray with you. We're going to all pray as a family. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else in this house? Man, look at the courage in this house. This is scripture being fulfilled today. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith? He's finding it in this house today. Everybody in the house, raise your hands now, along with those who have raised their hand. They're courageous. They're brave. Say, man, I'm going out on a limb. I need God. Everybody in this house, repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, cleanse me. Forgive me by the blood of the Lamb. I can't do it without you. I've made a mess of things on my own. But today, I confess Jesus is my Lord and Savior, and I believe that he died and rose again for me. Thank you for the forgiveness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your grace, Lord God. I am saved by faith in what you did on the cross. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet, if you would, please. I want to pray with everyone in the house. If God moved in your heart some way, somewhere, somehow today, I want you to raise your hand. Say, man, God spoke to me today. Good, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Leave those hands in the air. Father, we thank you for your people today. I thank you for your people from deep down in my heart. Folks that love you enough to come out on a Sunday and hear the word. Folks who love you enough to tune in on the live stream, God, for your word. This is what my mom used to call a divine appointment, an appointment ordained by God. Now, Father, I speak the blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you, smile upon you and be gracious to you, give you of his favor and of his perfect peace. Everybody in this house and on the live stream listening to this, may God reveal himself to you in his word. May he speak to you at night and in the morning and remind you of his word and call out to you. He's the great pursuer. Some have called him the great lover. He's always loved us. He says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. He's a personal God. He is your God. He is my God. He is our God, and his plan stands, and that is to put him first and find what he has called you to do. I thank you, Father, for opportunities for service, opportunities for change. With your help, we can't do it without you, and opportunities to share our faith and reach those around us. We praise you and thank you for the value of one, Jesus. It all starts with Jesus and the value of those around us. In Jesus' name.